You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome in Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who got to start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network as well. But we've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, welcome into any new listeners to the show. We really appreciate you guys checking out the show and to all of our loyal listeners because we have a good show for you guys today because it is crossover Thursday. So today we're going to be joined by John from the Locked on Jets podcast to get into this weekend's matchup. We'll talk about Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco, as well as, you know, maybe the Jets end up taking Trevor Lawrence, but he's not going to make any promises for next season. We'll also get into their left tackle, Makai Becton, who was also a target for a lot of Charger fans during the 2020 NFL draft, as well as if there's anything the Jets defense does well. But we're going to start with some good news because Joey Bosa has officially cleared concussion protocols. So now he is able to return to practice. And the Chargers also designated Chris Harris Jr. to return from injured reserve. So that is some more good news there. And if you guys didn't hear, Justin Herbert got a new haircut. So I'll touch on that a little bit before we get into the crossover. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, Los Angeles Chargers star defensive end Joey Bosa cleared concussion protocols and the team designated Pro Bowl cornerback Chris Harris Jr. to return from injured reserve. This is Daniel Wade with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Chargers have been decimated by injuries in 2020, something that they've been dealing seemingly for a very long time. Every season, key players for the Chargers go down and now... Joey Bosa is going to be able to come back because he has officially cleared concussion protocols, according to the Athletics' Daniel Popper. And this is great news for a Chargers defense that has really been struggling. And one of the reasons they have been struggling is the lack of a pass rush, which now they get their best pass rusher back already this season in seven games, even in a game where he missed part of the game due to his concussion. Bosa has four and a half sacks, 18 tackles, and has also caused 37 pressures in his seven games. And in the two games that Joey Bosa has missed for the Chargers the last two weeks, they only have one combined sack in those games, and it was by Jerry Tillery. So to say that they have missed Joey Bosa would be a huge understatement. They have also been much worse as far as their run defense since Bosa left the lineup as well. But now, since he was already as close to healthy as he could be, Besides the concussion, he was able to go back to practice in a full capacity on Wednesday, and now he will be able to most likely play in the game on Sunday without any holdbacks. So a huge boost for a Chargers defense that has really been struggling, especially over the last six weeks or so. But that wasn't the only good news on the injury front for the Chargers because they also decided to 
bring back Chris Harris Jr. from injured reserve. Harris hasn't played since week three against the Carolina Panthers, and the Chargers have missed him drastically, even though when you look at his numbers so far in 2020, they haven't been great, even though he was one of the bigger offseason acquisitions. So far this year, he has given up a passer rating of over 117 when he's been targeted and giving up over 17 yards per completion. But I would also say that the Chargers defense as a whole was better in those games. And I would also say that it's such a small sample size with Chris Harris Jr. that it's hard to really take anything away from those numbers. But like I said, the defense in the three games that Chris Harris Jr. has played in so far this year, they've only given up an average of 19 points per game. In the six games since he was put on injured reserve, the defense has allowed an average of 31.3 points per game, and they've given up at least 29 points in each of those six games. So it's been very bad for the Chargers defense. And I don't say this to try to insinuate that the Chargers defense is solely based on whether or not Chris Harris Jr. is out on the field because they've obviously missed some other key players during those weeks, including Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and Justin Jones, just to name a few of those guys besides the guys that were basically injured before the season or at the very beginning of the season on the Chargers defense. But the Chargers are a better defensive unit with Chris Harris Jr. on the field. Casey Hayward has already talked about the fact that Harris actually gets him lined up on a lot of snaps and tells him kind of what to expect from that receiver because he is such a film junkie and he almost always knows what's coming from the opposing offenses. So I think it is a big boost for the Chargers, especially since they traded former All-Pro Desmond King to the Tennessee Titans. So to get this veteran back on the team and a team full of young players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think should be overlooked. The other guy that they designated to return from injured reserve is Asmar Bilal, an undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame, a linebacker who plays mostly on special teams, but the Chargers could desperately use some help in the special teams department because that area has been struggling as well. But to get to what everyone was talking about on Wednesday, Justin Herbert cut his flowing hair and people are not happy about it. I don't think I've ever seen a Chargers quarterback get so much attention with the national media as Justin Herbert cutting his hair. His hair is now very short. He had the strength and conditioning coach John Lott take some clippers to his hair and he said he thought it turned out pretty great. That hasn't necessarily been the consensus on social media, but he doesn't really care what his haircut looks like. He did say that he didn't want anything fancy and he didn't get anything fancy. But when Trey Turner was asked about, you know, whether he would use John Lott to get his next haircut, he said, no, I'm good on that one. So not everyone is a fan of it, but Justin Herbert making waves with his new haircut. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is crossover Thursday. So we are going to get into Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco in the next segment, as well as if there's anything to look positively on on that Jets defense coming up right after this. But this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. For me, watching a football game usually isn't a great experience covering the Chargers because I'm always waiting for the next heartbreak to happen, but... When that is going on, Pepsi is the only refreshment that I need to get me through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 
All right, everybody, here we go. Welcome back to another Crossover Thursday. Uh, of course, I'm David Drogamai, Locked On Chargers. I am joined today by John Butchko of Locked On Jets. And uh, we're going to get into this crossover. I got some questions for him about the Jets. I'm sure he's got some questions for me about the Chargers. Uh, but I think the first question that I have for you, John, is, first of all, how are you doing, man? How's everything been uh, with this uh, kind of tumultuous season? I'm doing well. The Jets are not doing well. <laughs> yeah, well, my Chargers aren't doing much uh, better than your Jets. So, but anyways, uh, let's get let's just jump right into this thing. Uh, is there any chance that uh, at all that the Jets don't take Trevor Lawrence if they do have the top pick? If they do, do you think that they would get any type of trade value for Sam Donald? With the Jets, you can never rule anything out. So I, I can't tell you there with 100% certainty that the Jets are going to draft Trevor Lawrence, but I think the odds are very high when you talk about how highly touted he is as a prospect. And the struggle Sam Darnold has had this year. Now, Darnold is not going to be starting Sunday. Joe Flacco will be making his fourth start of the season as Darnold has a shoulder injury, but... He just has not progressed the way you you would hope he would. You know, you're still seeing a lot of erratic throws. You're still seeing inconsistent mechanics, and you're still seeing a lot of decisions that he, he just can't be making in year three. Surprisingly, there seems to be a lot of speculation that the Jets could still potentially get a day two pick for him. Now, really? I think he, yeah, I, I'm surprised because I think if you look at the body of work, you would think it would probably be a day three pick, but there are teams out there that you know liked him back in 2018 when he came out as a prospect. And to be fair, I mean, some of the issues you've seen have been due to the supporting cast. I mean, some of the lack of some of the lack of productivity has been on Darnold, but Jets have done a terrible job putting it putting the right team around him. Uh, you know, the skilled players have been mediocre at best through his three seasons. The offensive line has been very bad. And look, you cannot ignore the fact that. that they have a head coach in Adam Gase who the last time he failed to develop a franchise quarterback saw that franchise quarterback go to a new team and have success. And that's Ryan Tannehill who went from Miami to Tennessee who has been very successful the last two years. So, you know, I think that there, it does seem like there's a school of thought in the NFL that Darnold is salvageable. Well, speaking of that, that kind of leads me to my next question. I mean, the offense for the Jets just simply looks a lot more explosive with Joe Flacco under center. I mean, when I was watching tape on Sam Donald, he rarely took any shots and he completed a lot of underneath stuff, you know, close to the boundary. He'd like to hit the running back close to the boundary, let him try to make some moves, but they didn't really go deep. Do you think that they're actually just going to go with Joe Flacco the rest of the way? Or is this a situation where when Sam is healthy, he's going to be right back under center? I think when Darnold's healthy, he's going to be the quarterback. Uh, Joe Flacco doesn't have a future with this team. Now, he played very well uh, last Monday night against the New England Patriots, but his previous two starts against Arizona and against Miami were really bad. Uh, <laughs> he, he was he was not effective. He's a guy with very limited mobility. You know, yeah. you get it. I mean, part of the issue, part of the thing was New England really could not get to him consistently. And right. the other thing I'd say about Flacco, if you know, if you're comparing him to Darnold and you're talking about the New England game, he kind of turned back the clock to the way he looked in his early Baltimore days. But you also have to consider that that was the first game all year where the Jets had all three of their starting wide receivers in the lineup. And I do think you make a very good point about Darnold. You know, his lack of decisiveness when you know he's making his reads. Part of that's that. 
without his starting receivers, and again, the New England game was the first time the Jets had a healthy receiving core all season. He just could not trust guys to win one on one. I mean, mm-hmm. some some of the some of the errant throws came because guys weren't winning his matchups. So I think part of the issues Darnold's Darnold has had is that he can't trust anybody. You know, he he can't depend on his receivers to get where they need to be. So I think that that's one of the things that's kind of hurt him. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, uh, if you know, if Justin Herbert out there didn't have Keenan Allen, didn't have Mike Williams, and you're just throwing to guys he just doesn't, you know, didn't have enough time to really build any type of chemistry with, that definitely makes a difference. There's no question about that. But uh, my, my next question here is, you know, one of the one of the guys that Charger fans had their eye on, I mean, me admittedly as well, uh, uh, potentially drafting in this 2020 draft was Makai Becton. What has impressed you so far about the left tackle uh, and, you know, just your uh, evaluation through the first nine games of his NFL career? I think the evaluation's been very positive. Now, I think the one issue with Becton is that he's been banged up a little bit, so he's missed a couple of games. But... He's actually been further. He's he's been more advanced than I was expecting. Now, when the Jets drafted him, you saw a guy who flashed absolute dominance at Louisville, but a guy who needed to clean up some technical things. He's looked good. You know, Louisville did not have a lot of natural pass sets in their offense when he played in college. So, I thought, and a lot of other people thought that that was going to be a transition. He hasn't been perfect. I mean, he's been beaten for a few sacks, but overall, I've been. I've been pleasantly surprised with how effective he's been as a pass blocker. And in the run game, he's been a, he's been a dominant guy and the jets, the last, not just this year, the last few years have had one of the least effective run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. And it has not been good this year, but they've had success when they've run behind Becton. Becton's a, you know, he's a big guy and he's, he's shown an ability to move people. Yeah. I mean, big is an understatement. That guy's like a walking apartment complex. I mean, he's absolutely massive. Uh, but I mean, I think that was part of the intrigue, uh, and, you know, getting Makai Becton, I mean, he had all the size in the world and the physicality that you were looking for. I think that's what really uh, was drawing a lot of Charger fans just because, you know, our offensive line, we just don't have a lot of physical presence type of guys on our line. So that's that's why, you know, a lot of people were like, hmm, maybe we should consider Makai Becton. But my next question here is that, you know, the Jets defense has not been very good this year. But, you know, if you could highlight their strength, what would you say that would be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it's 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 you have you you really challenge me when you ask me anything to talk about anything that's going well for the Jets this year. <laughs> I guess to the extent there is, and I, in our last crossover Thursday show, uh, we we did a crossover before the Jets Monday night game a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago with Mike Debate of Locked On Patriots. And he talked about the Jets' run defense. And I guess to the extent there's a strength, it's they're they're okay against the run. Now, the Jets in recent years, as bad as they've been, they've been pretty good. They've been really good against the run. Last year, they had one of the best run defenses in the NFL. It's taken a step back this year. And there have been games where they have not been very good. There have been so, – I, mean, I, I, th- I always think back to week two, first play of the game, 49ers break an 80-yard run for a touchdown. <laughs> I don't know that I'd say the run defense is – good but i'd say maybe it's less bad than the other parts of the team um you know i think that the, the defensive line and they have some guys who are decent against the run foley fatukasi who's now a third year nose tackle and he's he's gotten more uh he's stepped into a more prominent role since the jets traded steve mcclendon to tampa bay a few weeks ago uh you have quinn and williams who's been kind of up and down big fan of quinn and williams two. 
Yeah, he's been up and down in year two, but you know he he has his moments. So they just have some guys who can stop the run. Again, I wouldn't. It's not as good as it was a year ago, but I think the best way to put it is it, the run defense is probably less bad than everything else on the team. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, you know, finally, I'm going to wrap things up with this. You got a two and seven Chargers team and an zero and nine Jets team going up against each other on Sunday. What do you think ultimately is just going to end up deciding how this game is decided? I don't have any faith in the Jets at all. You know, you look at this on paper, the Jets are coming off their bye week. So, you know, you would think on paper that would be kind of an edge. And the Jets bye week actually kind of fell at a good point in the schedule because it, it was between a Monday night game. So you don't have a short week. And then it comes before a trip across the country. So you think on paper that would help them. And ironically, that was not supposed that was not supposed to be the Jets bye week. Um, the schedule was rearranged due to various other games being rescheduled across right. the league. In fact, I think this this was supposed to be the Jets' bye week because I think this game was supposed was originally supposed to be a different date. Am I right about that? You, you are right about that. Yeah, the Chargers' bye week got got altered because of other people's COVID nineteen issues as well. But uh, I am mean, trying to be funny here, but I just have a tough time seeing the Jets put together a winning game. I mean, the, the Jets haven't even been competitive most weeks this year. There's really not. I just mentioned that there's not really anything the Jets do effectively. Um, so, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I just have a tough time seeing the Jets win, win, not just win this game, but beat anybody. Hey, I mean, that's totally fair. But, I mean, I think that's going to do it for my questions uh, on my side for the Jets. Uh, I think we're going to switch things over and let you ask me some questions about the Chargers, and we're going to do that right after this. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is John from Locked On Jets along with David from Locked On Chargers. So, David, I guess the first question has to be about the rookie quarterback for the Chargers, Justin Herbert. How, how, what have your impressions been so far? Well, I think everyone and their mom has been incredibly impressed by Justin Herbert and nobody, and I mean nobody, expected to, one, see him this this quickly, and two, watch him perform at such a high level and really put good game after good game after good game on tape, minus the Miami game. I mean, the, the, he definitely didn't play as well as he had played before, although he still had three total touchdowns with the one interception. But I think you see him grow week after week, and, you know, you love the all the physical traits, you know, the size, the arm, you know, also the intelligence. The guy's an incredibly in, intelligent, smart player. And also, you know, he's a guy that's very dedicated to his craft. You know, he, he knew there were some things he needed to work on coming out of college going into the pro game he contacted some outside help got that help and it seems like it is definitely manifesting itself out there on Sundays as a Charger fan and as an analyst we know nobody expected to see you know uh, Justin Herbert as the starting quarterback of the Chargers we all expected it to be Tyrod Taylor I mean he was going to be the bridge guy you know let him sit under him learn their kind of similar styles you know he's not as elusive as Tyrod Taylor is but they model you know they play the same type of game but, you know, the unfortunate injury happened to Tyrod Taylor and uh, Justin Herbert's thrust into the game and he just performed so well that he forces Anthony Lynn's hand to make him the starting quarterback right away. But uh, it's been fun. I'll put it that way. It's been really fun to watch him mature and looking forward to what the rest of the season looks like for Justin Herbert as a starting quarterback. Can you talk a little bit about the skill players Herbert relies on the most? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, I think you got, you know, Keenan Allen, who's one of the best route running wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, he can absolutely get open against any corner. I firmly believe that you're going to see him in the slot. You're going to see him out wide. You're going to see Mike Williams as well as the other receiver on the other side of things. He's more of a jump ball guy. He's hot and cold. You don't know, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to give you nine, 10, 11 catches in a game. That's more of your Keenan Allen, but he is the guy that'll get you four or five catches for 80, 90 yards and, and get crazy, you know, yards per reception and uh, make these ridiculous acrobatic catches. I mean, he, uh, he has the ability to do that. He's a big guy, he's six foot four and he can jump out of the building. So that's kind of what you're going to see from him. You have a couple of tight ends that are, are pretty good quality players. You got Hunter Henry who is in a contract year and uh, you know, he's played okay up to this point. Um, he just hasn't had the big touchdown numbers, but he is a guy that has very strong, soft hands. He catches a lot of footballs. Um, I think the relationship still being built with him and Justin Herbert. Um, and then in the in the running game, you're going to see a running back by committee approach with Kalen Balaj probably getting the lion's share of the carries mixed in with their uh, rookie running back, Joshua Kelly. Uh, they're waiting for Austin Eckler to get healthy. I mean, he's a huge loss, a, a guy that is a major catalyst for this offense. But he is still on IR and has not been designated to return yet, so he will not play against the Jets on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, those are probably the the key weapons for uh, the Chargers and guys that you should expect to see them try to utilize against the Jets on Sunday. I heard you mention Kalen Balazs, who spent time with the Jets earlier this year. Yes, he did. Yeah, I mean, Kalen Balaj is a, a guy that Anthony Atlanta, former running back, really likes. He's got that, you know, bigger body. I mean, he says he's got some good straight line speed. And he, he's, you know, played pretty well as the Chargers running back. I mean, they've given him an opportunity to come in. I mean, they like the way he is physical and he runs through tackles and he's falling forward. He gets north and south. He doesn't try to dance too much. That's something that Chargers uh, coach Anthony Lynn and Shane Steichen want in their offense. But one thing that we need to see change a little bit is throwing a little bit more on first down instead of running every time they most of the time when they run the football on first downs, they just haven't had the amount of success. They're only getting about 2.3 yards per carry on first down. When they throw the ball, they're having a much, much better success rate on first down. So that's probably something to watch out for on Sunday to see if they kind of switch things up and go to more of their strength. I know it's against Anthony Lynn's ideology to throw the ball first, but I think hopefully he can look at the numbers and just see that the chargers are more productive when they throw the football on early downs. I have to ask you this because I think all Jets fans will want the answer to this on Balage. Have you guys experienced, have you, have you guys encountered the Kalen Balage trying to pick up a blitz experience? Because it's not pleasant, we can tell you. <laughs> I mean, I think we've only seen it a, a few times and he's been okay. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that we're going to have to watch out for. Uh, thanks for the heads up on that. Uh, but it seems like the Jets didn't really give him too much opportunity to run the football. I think they only gave him a couple of carries in, in the games that they had him for and hey that might not have been the role or, or what the the jets wanted him to or brought him in to do but uh that's something we'll have to keep an eye on uh, in the future well the jets have a 37 year old running back they have to run their offense through so i mean there's no there are there aren't enough carrots to go around um <laughs> all respect to frank gore for sure though he, no, he definitely is course. a ghost Oh, he, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, but no he's question. at the point of his career where he should be getting the kind of carries the Jets uh, are giving him right no now. No way. But, 
So you mentioned um, Anthony Anthony Lynn, Chargers head coach, actually a longtime former Jets assistant. Yes. What's the situation like for him right now? Well, I mean, when when you've lost, I think, like 16 one-score games in the last two years, uh, the siege is hot, okay? It, it's definitely hot. And you have a rookie quarterback who has had a lot of turnover at, at the coaching staff position ahead of him. At Oregon, he had three different offensive coordinators, three different head coaches, and it seems like his first in the NFL might be uh, another coaching change because if the Chargers don't turn things around, and I mean draft, Drastically, uh, they're definitely probably going to see Anthony Lynn ha- head out the door. They're going to see George Stewart, the special teams coordinator, out the door. Probably the defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, out the door. But I think those two guys that I mentioned, uh, Stewart and Bradley, are probably going to head out the door before uh, Mr. Anthony Lynn is. But Charger fans are not happy with him. They all are calling for his head. Uh, I'm sure Jets fans are probably saying something similar about Adam Gase. But yeah, they want a get. They don't want anything to do with Anthony Lynn as far as the. The fan, the fan base is concerned. That ship has sailed, uh, and they're ready to get rid of him right now. And my last question: Just take us through some of the key players on the defense for the Chargers. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the the main guy, of course, is Joey Bosa, and Joey Bosa missed the last two games because he was in concussion protocol. He was cleared from concussion protocol today, so he will be out there for the Chargers on Sunday. He is one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL, and he is a guy the Chargers desperately, desperately miss when he is not on the field. It is literally night and day. It's either you get pressure or you don't. You get pressure when he's on the field, and you get nothing when he is not on the field. It's really that much of a night and day situation. And then I think you're looking in in the secondary. you got Rayshon Jenkins as your Free safety, excuse me, your strong safety. You got the uh, second-year guy, Nazir Adderley, as your free safety. You got Chris Harris Jr., who just got designated to return off of IR. He did return to practice today, so we might see him come back on Sunday, which is a, a very good thing. And you got two pretty decent corners on the outside with Casey Hayward and Michael Davis, although Casey Hayward has gotten uh, attacked a couple of times. He's been targeted, and teams are starting to find they're having some success against Casey, excuse me, against Casey Hayward. And Casey Hayward is getting a little bit long in the tooth. As a corner, he is approaching uh, age 30. So, you know, whenever you hit that, you either have to change your game or you got to kind of move move out, you know, move to a different position. So, I mean, that's something the Chargers are definitely uh, entertaining. And then you got Melvin Ingram, who is supposed to be Joey Bosa's, you know, partner in crime, but he's just not really getting after the quarterback with any type of success so far this year. He has dealt with injuries, but um, those are probably your key guys you're looking at. You got also got your rookie uh, first-round pick uh, <clears throat> in Kenneth Murray at linebacker. He's a guy that's kind of had a hot and cold situation so far. I mean, you got rookie ground pains. It's just it's part of it. But I think those are some of your key guys that you're you're looking at on Sunday, guys that are expected to make some big plays for you. All right. Well, David, great chatting with you, and here's to better better days for both of our teams. Yeah, hopefully we can redo some things in the draft and we can both get back on track here uh, in the next few years. But I appreciated the conversation. had a good time talking to you and good luck the rest of the way. All right, well, a special thank you to John Butchko from the Locked on Jets podcast for giving us all that insight on the New York Jets today. We really appreciated him coming on. But that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow we'll be back with you guys to get into our keys for success 
for the Chargers offense to make sure they don't blow this thing against the New York Jets this weekend. We'll also get into our bold and game predictions. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. We would appreciate it if you guys rated and reviewed it for us. And also know that that's the fastest and easiest way to get the podcast. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get as many Chargers voicemail played on the show as we can. But, but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to figure out who's going to win this game. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.